Hey, welcome back to the channel. My name is Seem Lund and I'm here with my wife Inka and uh, today we are doing another double episode with uh, the first part actually is on Inka's channel which is uh, Inka Lund on YouTube, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, there we talked about pretty much the importance of sleep, how sleep is structured, uh, what is the consequence of not getting enough sleep and what are the you know main things that you need to look out for when you are trying to get better sleep. But uh, here, part two, we're going to be just covering a bit more deeper the aspects of circadian rhythms and uh, yeah, just let's say more like more up, like yeah, pretty much like more, let's say advanced tips and uh, guidelines for getting better sleep as well. So uh, yeah, we finished off pretty much about how do we get a, get better sleep in part one, which includes you know calming down, not being stressed out. Uh, I think the like the being stressed out is a big component of not getting that well of a sleep, and uh, like the light environment, blue light, some supplements, the glycine primarily, and melatonin. Um, but uh, I think we can you know take a step back now as well to you know talk about like the overall you know aspect of the circadian rhythms when it comes to sleep that uh, you know you you don't really or you know your a good night's sleep starts in the morning already like I, I like to say that uh, you know what you do during the daytime and in the morning especially already also dictates what's your uh, you know sleep going to be in the evening and uh, yeah maybe um, you know we can we can start like how do how does our morning looks like morning looks like uh, that uh, how do we set ourselves up for a better or good night's sleep from the like the circadian rhythm aspect. Mm. Yeah, well we pretty much wake up around six seven, mm. and we because here we don't have light at the moment in the morning because mm. it's a uh, winter. So we have the seasonal affective disorder light, <laughs> which is called satellite. So it's just the light that mimics the sunlight, mm -hmm. which is pretty good because it starts the circadian rhythm in the brain as well, the hormone production. Yeah. And in the body that's linked to, yeah, the evening melatonin production. So that's the most important thing. We also have some red light in the morning, mm. light panels, and we use those. Yeah, uh, I generally do like some sort of cold exposure as well mm. like a cold shower yeah but me now too. now in the winter i've just gone outside and sho shoveled <laughs> some snow without with just my underwear uh so that also gets a good like chill effect uh, to like wake up and get the small cortisol response to energize myself yeah it was quite funny to see you the first time i just like <laughs> walked past the window and glanced out and he was there with the snow shovel and you know, in in his underwear and the snow were like up to your hips because it had snowed a lot. So mm. we were basically swimming in the snow. <laughs> I think you yeah. posted that on your Instagram, right? Yes. Yeah. yeah. This episode is brought to you by Bond Charge, formerly known as Blue Blocks. My favorite light and sleep optimization companies, Blue Blocks, has rebranded themselves as Bond Charge. They're now involved with a huge range of evidence-based products to improve your wellness and life in every way. Their extensive range of premium wellness products 
helps you to sleep better, perform better, have more energy, recover faster, balance your hormones and reduce inflammation. My favorites are the red light light bulbs because they can be used to create a melatonin friendly environment in your bedroom by shining only red and not blue or green light waves that will reduce your sleep quality. After starting to use these red light light bulbs, I find it much easier to fall asleep and feel less awake before bed. If you want to try out these amazing products that are the cornerstones to my most optimal sleep, then head over to bondcharge.com forward slash seamlund and use the code seam15 to save 15%. Like, let's take another step back with just the circadian rhythms that they are these uh, overarching uh, biological rhythms inside the body that control your hormones, control your sleep wakefulness cycles, control your energy metabolism and mood and uh, focus and yeah, pretty much everything else as well. And uh, light is the biggest regulator of these uh, rhythms through the eyes. And uh, in the morning, yeah, you want to get exposed to bright lights, you know, preferably sunrise. But uh, yeah, like these uh, you know, artificial lights and lamps are also a good alternative because then it's going to kickstart the circadian rhythm and tells the brain that it's uh, daytime. And funny enough, like this actually also helps you to produce melatonin at night. So it like pretty much stimulates these uh, proteins in the brain that uh, then uh, help you to produce melatonin at night. So it's like a, you know, circadian side, okay, we get exposed to the light, then in like X amount of hours, usually like, you know, 14 or 16 hours, we're gonna start producing melatonin uh, as well. So it's yeah, like quite crucial to actually yeah, get exposed to like this, you know, bright uh, lights to mm. kickstart this process. Yeah. And one note to that one, usually the indoor bright light is not enough. Like your ceiling lamp is not enough because it's not, it doesn't have enough looks. These are something like 500 lux. Whereas if you, if the sun is like 100,000 lux mm -hmm. and the effect comes from about 10,000 lux. So you actually need a light device that mimics the sunlight. Uh, mm. So the phone, ceiling light, the computer is not enough to initiate this rhythm also, the light through the window is not enough to initiate this rhythm. Mm. You actually need to, the, because the glass kind of prevents the proper mm. illumination to get into your eyes. So you need to open the window and stick your head out, or you need to actually go outside. Yeah, and uh, yeah, like the the outdoors, even if it's cloudy, like right now, today, there wasn't like complete like blackout or complete like, clouds so there is like blue sky we can see so the, the you know blue light from the sun also glares uh from there or reflects from there as well so it doesn't have to be direct sun exposure so even like the sun right now is behind the clouds but you can see some blue sky blue uh you know uh, thing and that also like reflects some of the blue light there and it's very bright compared to indoors which will keep you energized and alert and it has like you know many mood boosting benefits mm. um probably like you know cognition effects as well because i mean the you know the blue light from the ring light actually is pretty draining pretty exhausting you know if you do it for hours <laughs> then uh you know that's going to be pretty uh harmful for your eyes and um you know, overall uh, sleep quality as well, I think. And the ring light is probably not enough lux. Mm. So um, you want to get this. There are apps that you can use. Uh, lux meter, mm. I think was one that you can put nearby your light device and see how many lux does the device actually give out. I think last year we used it, you know, uh, we measured with the uh, phone, mm. the app, like how many luxes are there in the different places. Um, in Finland, like when it was cloudy, it was like 
Yeah, it was like maybe I don't know, four thousand or something. Yeah, maybe seven to seven thousand or even like fourteen thousand in some cases. So yeah, like it's uh, still. And large. at the same time, I asked my friend who was in Italy, like how much is there now, and one hundred and twenty thousand hmm. during the sunlight in outside, and then I have used it to measure some of the brightness of the bright light lamps because if you look at Amazon. For example, there are many uh, devices that they claim that they have, you know, that mimic sunlight. But then you measure it with the app and you notice it was like, mine was like 5,000 lux in a device that it claimed that it was 10,000 lux. Mm. And then another device was actually 10,000 lux, the one that we have now. So, mm. yeah. So you can use also that to fact check. <laughs> yes. Um and I mean, like you should even like in a daytime, you would want to still have some breaks of some brighter light exposure uh, and like, especially outdoors, uh, even if it's cloudy, yeah, like it's still like worthwhile to go outside for the uh, yeah brightness that you get. And that's also like just more, more so for like the mood and like energy levels than, mm. you know, for the circadian side. Uh, if you're like in complete darkness all the time, then yeah, like you're gonna be producing more melatonin which you know isn't like the best uh, during the daytime. You like you want to be in darkness uh, before bed so that uh, you would um, yeah have the melatonin and uh, be more tired if that makes sense. So in the evening like this you want to do the opposite you avoid the bright lights and uh, dimmer lights and red lights and um, you know darkness. Yeah, during the daytime it's very good to get full spectrum light that mm. has good benefits for your brain neurotransmitter system. Yeah, mood, as you said, and mental health. Um, there, It's like a link between darkness and being less happy, or getting less sunlight during the day and having lower mood. So... Mm. Yeah, um, the second part of circadian rhythm optimization, I guess, is... Uh, or, like, it's also, like, a good way to reset the circadian rhythm with the, uh, like many people have the circadian disruption, which means that uh, they either wake up too late or they just, you know, stay up too late. And uh, that causes the circadian disruption, which is actually linked to, you know, cancers and diabetes, that's a carcinogen. Um, so like shift work and even like regular, let's say non-shift work related circadian mismatch, like, you know, just uh, watching TV or, uh, on the computer or just you know having like this very uh, bizarre <laughs> sleep cycle that you uh, go to bed at 4 a.m for example and wake up at uh, 1 p.m so that's like also like very harmful in many ways mm -hmm. so like you, you optimally there are like you know some chronotype differences between people like some people do wake up somewhat uh, later some people wake up more earlier but it's like not a huge difference is only like an hour or two at most. It's not going to be a five hour difference. Um, it's like Although very... there is this minority of the people, I think it's 10% that are like real night owls that like function the best when they go to bed after, was it one? And wake up somewhere around 10 mm -hmm. a.m. Yeah, but, yeah, but you know, not, not that like they go to bed at 4 a.m. Or just yeah. very compl like completely nocturnal. Mm. like humans are still diurnal so yes. yeah like there are night owls yes uh, it's just that the the extent of their night owlness 
is a lot influenced by the uh, lifestyle and uh, or mm. let's say the light exposure. Mm. Like you can you can like re rewire your uh, chronotype quite easily. Like you can very easily start to be more nocturnal and uh, vice versa. Um, it's just that you may experience some more negative side effects by doing that. Uh, you can very I mean like if I don't I've never seen like many night owls who are like very healthy or um, like, or like complete night owls that they you know go to bed at 4 a.m. Mm. Like there are there's still like some missing uh, low hanging fruit that they could aim for with uh, somewhat of a better circadian rhythm, which is you know generally like you know it doesn't have to be like early early bird, <laughs> but it has but it should be somewhat like a normal human circadian rhythm like a diurnal uh cycle not a nocturnal cycle like mm. like rats and mice are nocturnal humans are uh, diurnal that we are still supposed to be like awake uh, during the most part of the day mm. uh, with a few hour difference between chronotypes um and uh, yeah like if you are you know looking to reset to the circadian rhythm then you know there's many ways to do that uh, if you travel different time zones then you will experience also the circadian mismatch, um, but you can reset it with, you know, pretty much doing the activities in the morning, and uh, like you know, morning light exposure. If you wake up around yeah, like seven or eight a.m., there's still pretty much bright light. Then you can reset the circadian rhythm by doing that, and uh, some physical activity is great for that. Movement is uh, also regulates the circadian rhythm, and uh, eating actually like eating if you, breakfast. Yeah. yeah, if you actually go to like a new time zone uh, which is different from your habitual one then eating breakfast at that time will also like synchronize your body to that new uh, time zone with the breakfast because yeah like humans are supposed to eat uh, during the daytime generally Mm. and in the evening uh, you know taking melatonin and uh, blocking out blue light will like consolidate the circadian rhythm from that side so it like fixes the uh, later part of the circadian rhythm Mm. Um, you have actually been trying to eat more breakfast lately. How mm. have you felt? Well, I've done it for three days, so I can't <laughs> really say uh, much difference. But what I have noticed is that I'm more relaxed in the evening, mm. like earlier. Mm-hmm. So previously I ate between um, maybe 11, 12 and then 7, 8. Those were the hours. Now I've done more of like eight or nine at breakfast, and we have had the the late dinner around five. Mm. So you've been eating a bit earlier. No. Yeah. Usually we ate like six. Now we're trying to eat like five p.m. So mm. we see what happens. Yeah. So at least for now, for the three days, I felt pretty good going to sleep. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I need to continue and see how it feels like. But um, I actually was inspired by by um, with my recent discussion with Molly Eastman, who is a sleep coach, mm-hmm. who told that... So at the previous part, we talked about the brain lymphatic system and how it clears out toxins in the brain to reduce the risk of, for example, Alzheimer's. And that... There are some studies, um, I didn't find this, so I need to ask the, the source, but uh, I believe that's true, that there are some studies that show that the, the lymphatic system are more responsive if you do early time restricted eating. Mm. So 
Wait, did I use the correct term? So that's yes. when you eat breakfast, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. yes. So early time restricted eating. So you would stop your your meals even maybe around four, mm. something like that, so that you wouldn't be digestive anymore when you go to bed, which would improve the activation of the lymphatic system in the brain, the detox system. Mm. Yeah, I, I mean, like most of the time sheet eating studies uh, are done on early time sheet eating. And uh, I mean, physiologically, it also makes sense that it's kind of healthier a little bit that, uh, or at least like it makes, or it's more important to stop eating a bit earlier before bed than it is important to eat like early breakfast. I think it's more important to like, yeah, have a few hours before bed when you stop eating because that's when yeah like you're you know have digested the food and you're like more primed to conduct the repair processes and uh, anti-aging processes in your sleep instead of instead of uh, digesting Mm. although if you are sensitive to intermediate fasting and if you are a woman at least at some part of the cycles then if you stop eating early it would also be important to eat Mm. the breakfast early enough for not to have too much cortisol right yeah 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 that's that's correct uh and uh, and not to start losing muscle mass and right i mean yeah some people more more frail or more uh, susceptible to catabolism as well and uh, they need more frequent uh, eating overall um but yeah stop eating a few hours before bed and uh, to make sure that you do produce melatonin, then yeah, block out the blue light and uh, you know sleep in the darkness. That's gonna be fixing the circadian rhythm from that end of the cycle. Uh, exercise overall, you know, similarly to food, like you don't want to be exercising before bed because uh, yeah, like it just increases your heart rate, puts you in this uh, sympathetic stressed out state that uh, reduces your uh, you know ability to fall asleep and uh, relax mm-hmm. um, although I, I guess there will be some differences between people but I think there's still you know uh, subconsciously or <laughs> inside the body the body still thinks that it's you know stressed out even if you subjectively feel that you are still able to fall asleep but uh, it's better to not like put any additional like you know heart rate any additional uh, cortisol in your system before yeah sleep. Yeah, and I guess also the environment matters a bit. So, like, are you going to a gym where there are a lot of bright lights? Are you going, Mm -hmm. you know, what's the type of exercise? If you just stretch at home, you do yoga or something, that will probably improve your sleep. Mm -hmm. But if you're, you know, taking your car, you pass a lot of street lights, Mm -hmm. you go into a gym when there is a background music and LED lights and those things, Mm -hmm. they will definitely keep you awake, even... If you didn't do super heavy exercise at the gym. Yeah. Yeah, I think cardio or uh, hit cardio especially has the worst effect on mm. sleep quality. Even if you do like a lot of hit in the daytime, you can still have bad sleep mm. or not able to fall asleep. Because the, especially if you're like combining all the stressors together like hit cardio, calorie restriction, fasting, as ice baths. So that, that, that can definitely like overdo it. Um but uh, like weightlifting uh, can also obviously do it if you like go to failure and stuff like that. Whereas like regular cardio, yeah, like cardio is best to be done like you know in the earlier part of the day. But uh, I think it has less of an impact on your ability to fall asleep than like maximum muscle contraction or uh, 
sprints or something like that. Mm. Um, and the sauna as well. Like many people do the sauna in the evening, and it, but it's still better to not do like any sauna either, like four hours before bed at least mm-hmm. five. With the sauna, it's actually even more than the food. Like I would definitely stop the sauna six hours or five hours before bed. Mm, yeah, depends a bit. I guess a good rule of a thumb or good physiological thing heuristic to keep in mind that it takes about ninety minutes for cortisol mm. to go back to the baseline after your HBA axis has been activated or after the stressor is gone. So let's say you you end your workout at 7 p.m. Then it would take still 90 minutes for you to get back to the cortisol, hmm. uh, baseline cortisol. Mm. So yeah, just nothing like few hours before bed, nothing like that would raise your cortisol significantly. Mm. Yeah. Um, so so um, when it comes to... <laughs> a sleepy? No, I need to think about what else. I had one thing about the glymphatic system in the brain and the, the, the sleeping, like what supports that um, sympathetic or the glymphatic clearance in the brain which i think was very interesting but there are like few key things that have been correlated with better detox in the brain during the night Mm -hmm. which is also circadian related Mm. and besides the food timing so one was omega-3 fatty acids like fish oil so this promotes the speed of lymphatic clearance and then was intermittent fasting and as we discussed, better the early di- time restrict eating, um, sleeping position. Mm. So I've like heard two stories, like on which side you should sleep mm-hmm. when it comes to heart. And this is about the brain. So sleeping on the right side mm-hmm. is better for the lymphatic clearance. Mm. Is this uh, also what you... I've heard it's on the left side. Yeah. But I don't... I, mean, I don't know. Like, but I've heard this is for the for the heart, maybe. Or mm-hmm. I'm not sure. But yeah, the the article that I read about. But but the uh, incline bed therapy, like where you elevate the head of the bed a few centimeters and you're like in this inverted uh, angle. Mm. That's what uh, also said for like yeah, like helping to flush out the toxins and the lymphatic system in the brain. I think that's probably more impactful than on the side. Mm. I guess, but yeah, I, I'm I'm not sure how leg- legitimate <laughs> this uh, therapy is, but at least it's very popular, like this uh, slight incline. In this article, the supine position, so sleeping on your back, was the most risky in terms of Alzheimer's disease. Really? Wow. Yes, but there wasn't any incline mm. things to consider. Um, but yeah, so sleeping on the side was Don't the sleep, most. Don't uh, sleep with your legs. Maybe like don't sleep that your head is <laughs> on the on the decline, so that you're uh, you know this way, the head is here. But who sleeps like that? <laughs> well, I don't know. Maybe some people do, but uh, that's that's mm. that's not what you want. You don't want to have like blood and toxins into the head rushing. If you go upside down, your brain has this auto-regulation system. It's actually will um, decrease the rate of blood going to your brain. 
to protect the brain. But it's still not good to have no blood flow to the brain. That's actually because when you go, uh, that happens what, that's what happens when you do handstand Mm -hmm. and you come back up and you are dizzy. Mm. It's because your brain decided not to give that much, you know, blood uh, circulation to the brain mm. to protect the brain. Interesting. Yeah. And then there was exercise. We talked about that already. And um, chronic stress was negatively correlated with this lymphatic mm. clearance. So there are these aquaphorin uh, four channels that is the gate almost or the channel where the, the fluid flows between the, um, the glial system and the, and the brain and that will or the glial system and the cells and the clearance system and those are those channels are down regulated mm. so these things um, besides the circadian optimization are then important for the brain mm. and what happens within the sleep hours yeah um, we should also talk about caffeine because uh I mean, uh, caffeine doesn't have like a, or let's say, it does have an effect on the circadian rhythms by regulating your sleep wakefulness cycles. And we talked a bit about caffeine in part one, but uh, we didn't talk about like, you know, the half-life of caffeine, Mm. which is like about five to six hours, which means that, yeah, 50% of the caffeine is still in your system after five to six hours. And it takes about, yeah, 10 hours, 12 hours for it to completely be cleared. Mm. And... uh, yeah, like if you, depends a lot on the uh, genetics, the speed. So like fast metabolizers and slow metabolizers. Uh, some people, yeah, like who are fast metabolizers, they can drink the coffee even in the evening and still, you know, technically feel that they're tired and fall asleep. Whereas others, slow metabolizers, they can't even drink coffee in the afternoon because that you know just keeps them up too long. Uh, so like I don't know like although a personal experience I'm a medium I have two different genetic reports and mm-hmm. one says that I'm a slow metabolizer and one says that I'm a, like in between the medium mm. <laughs> definitely not fast I can drink coffee at fine five and fall asleep very easily mm. but that's probably because I'm a thin and I've drank coffee you have a for tolerance all my life <laughs> I think I have yeah tolerance for it and even and also, I don't drink the full calf coffee, mm. actually. Yeah. I have probably... Half t- yeah, half cup and half of the cup is just milk foam. So <laughs> maybe that has enough. Yeah, but like, you know, let's say optimally in a perfect world uh, in Healthland, <laughs> you would uh, like stop consuming uh, caffeine. You know, I, 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 I have like a general rule that i'll stop consuming caffeine after 2 p.m the latest Mm. Uh, but i usually stop it actually at 12 or 1 p.m yeah i mean those kind of rules and like you don't really need to drink a lot of coffee for normal functioning it's not like we are you know coffee deficient Mm. if we are lacking energy it's something else usually so So it's more like a mental booster and brain booster and it can be good if you use it right uh, but it can be harmful if you use it wrong Mm. so definitely like the afternoon coffee if you are any sensitive to it and you can um, 
you can like assess this by assessing if it does make you shaky or mm. if you feel agitated, nervous, angry, anything like that, depressed after having a cup of coffee, then you might be oversensitive to caffeine, then it's probably not a good idea to consume coffee at all, or at least restrict it to one cup. And yeah. one thing that if you, I don't know, go out with a friend for a cup of coffee in the afternoon, and it's like a social thing that you want to do, then you can speed up the caffeine clearance by eating these things like carrot or celery or parsley, um, or vitamin C. Yeah, that speeds up caffeine. Uh, but I've also heard like grapefruit speeds up the caffeine response. Um, I mean, yeah, like you you get it hit get hit with it faster. <laughs> yeah, and slows down the clearance as well. Yeah, yeah. So it increases the half line life of the caffeine. Mm, so definitely don't take a grapefruit. For with, vitamin C, yeah. With caffeine as, yeah. as vitamin C, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and more like a vitamin C supplement or maybe like an orange or mm. a mandarin is probably safer. Mm. Or berries. Um, yeah, one thing I wanted to talk about, the, the circadian rhythms and the sleep, is also the temperature. So, uh, you know, colder temperatures also a signal to produce melatonin. and Because naturally, when the evening comes, the temperatures drop and your body starts to produce melatonin. Um, whereas in the morning, you know, it rises, like the temperature rises and, uh, sleeping in colder or cooler, lower temperatures is also linked to generally like better sleep quality and, uh, less wake up times. And, you know, it helps with melatonin production mm-hmm. as well. And, uh, you know, obviously you can regulate it a lot with just your heating. You don't want to sleep in a, like a sauna or you don't want to sleep in a very super hot room. Uh, you want to pretty much like ventilate the the, the room with the open windows a little bit before bed to cool down the uh, room. And one thing that I actually used for, I don't know, like a few weeks now is this uh, sleep mattress that cools the bed. It's called 8sleep. And uh, I don't know. I don't know how you felt, but I, I've actually yeah, loved it a lot. It's very, very good. It's just like this automatically cools down the bed by the cold water inside it. And you can just choose how cold you want it. You can go, even go like minus 10 degrees mm. <laughs> or warm it up as well to plus 10. Yeah, it's pretty good because we can regulate my side sides, and yeah. his side. So he likes colder temperatures than I. So we can regulate both sides individually. Mm. But uh, you still sleep on my side. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and <laughs> so I it's feel a problem. Calm. So yeah, like uh, you have, we generally actually sleep in the middle of the bed. So that mm. half of me is on my 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 side of the cooler bed and uh, half of yours is on uh, your warmer side of the bed. Yeah, you need to tweak it a bit to find the optimal golden yeah. golden area of the bed. But the point, I guess, here is that this is an excellent way to regulate the temperature because you actually mm. want your core temperature to be lower. You don't want to just like sleep outside. You, you want to cool down your body. Mm. And that's the most important thing for sleep. So uh, you can do this pretty efficiently with the mattress because it's actually against your body already. Yeah, and it works very fast. Like yeah. we put it on temperature, and it like in two seconds you already feel that it's colder. Yeah, it's very fast. Yeah, it's very fast and efficient. This mattress also tracks the sleep, 
Although it doesn't work for me because I sleep on your side. <laughs> so it actually shows that I don't get any sleep at all. So that's why like, yeah. So uh, my score is our, our score together. Yes, probably something like Com that. <laughs> you get um, double sleep score. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, overall it's a very, very nice mattress and uh, very good quality. Very good. I like mm. it a lot. Another thing about the room optimization. Um, oh yeah, the temperatures. Maybe good to realize like what's the shown to be the optimal. It's somewhere between eighteen to twenty-two Celsius, the mm. room temperature. So that would be in Fahrenheit sixty-four to sixty-nine Fahrenheit degrees, and um, yeah, some people like it even cooler. Mm. I have tried it like minus five degrees on the mattress, um, and uh, it's a bit uncomfortable. Actually, or at least not. I will fall asleep, but it's a bit like okay, it's a bit chilly. Mm. Or is it like, yeah, like it's a bit too cold uh, mm. and like minus four or minus three is the kind of best for me right now. Mm. I usually keep it neutral. I'm actually pretty sensitive to cold. Mm. So minus one is the max that I want to put my mattress to. But that's that's the good thing about the mattress. Like you can regulate the sides differently. Yes. And um, then another thing about the room which you sleep in Actually, toxins and smells in the room can be pretty bad to sleep. Just like mm. things like mold mm. can really disrupt the sleep. There are a lot of studies showing that you know mold is negatively linked to sleep quality and sleep hours. When I was uh, studying at uni, I slept in in a dorm which had mold, and I had the worst sleeps of my life. Probably a lot more stress and well and stuff like that because of studying but um we got air purifiers mm. which has made a huge impact on the air quality on the bedroom mm. and i think that like you can literally feel it yeah when you breathe that it's a good quality air mm. yeah and i mean if you don't have the filters then just plants well mm. i think like if the plants aren't going to probably clear out the mold mm. but they will oxygenate the room a bit better so like this leafy houseplants uh, thick houseplants like devil's ivy and whatever things peace lily and uh, snake plant are mm. recommended by nasa mm -hmm. for purifying the air yeah uh, but yeah like some filters open the air the, the windows regularly uh, especially in the winter probably like people close the windows more for the heat but yeah like you know once a day or twice a day definitely like do a little draft quick draft of a wind mm. Um, and uh, yeah, like go outside as well for the light and uh, you know, the movement breaks, those are great for the circadian uh, aspect and sleep quality aspect as well. Uh, what else? What else uh, from the circadian rhythm side that we didn't cover? The circadian rhythm side, I think that it's not that complicated, it's more about how rigid you're going to be with these practices mm. that the most difficult thing is actually to really shut down the netflix and really to like mm. decide at 7 p.m for example that no more work or at least no more demanding work no more distressful work mm. even if you can even work but making sure that you know you have optimized the environment and the type of work that you do. So I think we've covered a lot of the key main tools. 
but just like becoming yeah. very observative yeah con- consistency is probably like also like very important to go to bed around the same time wake up around the same time mm. eat around the same time create a circadian rhythm in that sense that also is healthy like your body actually likes things to be at the same time or around the same time all the time mm. you know it causes less stress and causes less of this you know you know like hunger is with a circadian rhythm you get hungry at times where you're used to eating and um, yeah you produce the hormones as well at different times depending on your habit habitual uh, you know routine mm. so yeah like consistency of doing things around the same time all the day all the all the time is a uh, key yeah your body is a pattern making machine mm. and it learns pretty fast so just teaching it like this is the rhythm that i want to live in this is when i want to go to bed and this is when i want to wake up because if you never go to bed around 10 then your body doesn't really know that that's when you want to go to bed yes uh, yeah i guess that's we can we can wrap it up here definitely check out part number one which we was actually very thorough about sleep overall on inka's channel it's going to be in the description as well and inka land on the, the youtube uh, anything else you want to let people know about mm. the the youtube link is actually at i am inkaland mm-hmm. i think that's how you yeah. find it or typing inkaland to the search yeah the search is the same yeah well you can check out my instagram as well i post these short videos there's so reels or and posts um it's also at i am inkaland and in my newsletters i also give out weekly brain health mental health tips mm-hmm. yes uh, we're gonna put the links in the show notes and uh, yeah thanks for watching this video make sure you click a like and subscribe stay tuned for the next video stay empowered <laughs>